Sometimes it gets so normal, it seems weird to come in here and do a talk sort of around the topic. <laughs> it really does. You're like, geez, it's like talking about air or something. I, I guess that's where it gets really good, is when there's no one there to know it's really good. You know, that's really the beautiful thing about it. It's like that guy, uh, someone sent me an email by a, a statement by a Zen master from Japan, Dogen, I think that's how you say it, D-O-G-E-N. And he says, uh, I think he says, the study of, of Buddhism is the study of self. And to study the self is to forget the self. And that's really that simple. Yeah? So when you study the self, it usually distills into uh, one bit of information, which is, I'm not that. And when you're not that, then what you are can become obvious. But it can't become obvious to what you're not. So, if the situation is identification, and your identification as you're, there's an act of being identified as what you're not, then that state isn't going to find out what you are. Yeah? It's not going to find out from that state of being identified as what you're not, you can't find out what you are. So the thing is, is the question, are you that state that you feel you're in? If you're not that state you feel you're in, you're in, you may find out that's what you are. Yeah? It's like going, it's like, see, the way I was taught, you know, based on the self-centeredness, the way I took everything was, I'm already something, and I'm going to find something else that's going to give me more increased value. Yeah? I'm going to find the truth and bring the truth into my life, and that, that knowing the truth is going to give me an advantage here. Yeah? Or I'm going to become detached because I see that attachment is causing a lot of suffering. So I want to get detached so that I get a relief from the suffering. Yeah? But that's also a desire to get relief from suffering. So I'm, I can't ever get out of the mix. I can't get self, can't get out of self. That's the greatest message. Because if you stop trying to get out of self, you may look at, are you in self? If you realize you're not in self, that's being out of self. That's how my crazy logic works it, yeah? If you're not in self, that's the experience of being out of self. Yeah, it's not even an experience. Hopefully it turns into a state, and then you'll have many of its many experiences of quote unquote being out of self, and then some of being in self, but you're neither of those, yeah? You're not an experience of being in self or out of self. There's a state of being out of self, which isn't an experience. It can influence experiences, but it's not an experience. It doesn't stop and go and start. It doesn't have a beginning, and I'm really in the experience, and then it ends. It's a state. It lasts longer in a way. So I love that statement, to, um, to study the self is to forget the self. Because in uh, a lot of cases, when you study the self, it's sort of like studying holes. You learn, you become a master of holes, like a professor of holes, but you keep falling in the hole. What's the point of that knowledge? Yeah? In recovery, we have a beautiful statement. It says, self-knowledge avails you nothing, which is a really sort of slap in the face to the intellect, yeah? Because you believe that if I acquired enough knowledge, it would be sufficient to give me a great advantage as a self, yeah? If I could really suss things out and know what's going on, then I, as a self, would be clearer. But it doesn't work that way. 
as to any knowledge that's claimed by the system of self turns into self-knowledge and it avails you nothing because it doesn't lead you to the freedom from self. Because there's nothing that needs to lead you to the freedom from self. All the things that lead us to, to the freedom from self are part of selfing. Yeah? Part of selfing is there's a feeling of being in self and then there's a drive to be out of self. It's the same movement. Selfing is like everything else here. It's an inhale-exhale. It inhales and exhales. It, it's low tide and high tide. It, it's closer, it's farther. It does it, it's just not one, it, blo- it goes this way, like an accordion. Yeah. So, the, 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 most people don't see that the drive to get out of self is a form of being in self. They only know what it's like to be in self. They're being, you know, they're, drive, they're being driven crazy. And that's, see, there isn't a you that's being drive, driven crazy. The feeling of you being driven crazy is one verb. Yeah, it's one verb. The feeling of me being driven crazy isn't like me is a noun and it's established and it's solid. And then there's an activity that's disturbing its peace, let's say, which is being obsessed or crazy, yeah, or thinking about something endlessly. That's one verb. The noun is part of the verb here. So there's no one that's being driven crazy. The experience of being driven crazy has to have a you in it. That's part of the experience. There's got to be a you that feels it could be different than what's happening. So now it's feeling like, this is driving me crazy, and if it wasn't, I'd be really happy. Yeah? It's always the other side of the coin it's wishing. Yeah? But the other side of the coin verifies the seeming side you're on. Yeah? So when you're trying to get out of self, it verifies that you believe you're in self. And you can't, like Jesus supposedly says, it's done according to your belief. Well, there you go. Your day is being done according to your belief. As your mind is, so your day is, you know, in a way. Yeah? Or as you think it, so you are, and all that stuff. Because as you think it, so you appear to be, really. You're not that, because you're prior to thinking. But here, you are seemingly like a product of the thoughts. Like yesterday, maybe you had good thoughts about yourself. You thought you were on top of the world. You were wearing the exact same clothes. You looked seemingly really cool in the mirrors and the reflections at store windows and stuff, yeah? Then the next day, you have the exact same outfit on, but you're thinking you're a fucking loser. You look terrible. And now those pants don't look good. The jacket's too big. Not the shoes. Oh, fuck the shoes, yeah? Same thing. Same thing. So it's as the thinking makes it so. So... It can only make it so. It can't, it's, it can't create it to be so. It can make it so. It can see, make it seem to be so. That's the power of thought here. Yeah? It makes it seem to be so. Now, if there's no other counterpoint, then what seems to be so will be so. So in recovery, they talk about the acronym of fear, false evidence appearing real. Well, that's exactly what's happening all day. When something's appearing to be real, it's false evidence because it's not real, basically. It's false evidence appearing real. So the false evidence is that this is real. Yeah? And as soon as I believe it, it appears to be so. So my experience verifies the belief. (laughs) It's like you're caught in a loop. So if you're relying on thought to get out of thought, that's a whole lot of thought. Yeah, you can't. It's not a ladder you can climb out of the system by. Thought doesn't lead to an exit. Yeah, you can't think yourself out. You can't do yourself out. You can't feel yourself out. Yeah, you maybe best way is to question your are you in. 
If you question, are you in, you may find out there's no need to get out. That's it. Then you've been relieved of the need to be liberated. Because the head's looking for liberation every day. I was hoping I'd be liberated by that peanut butter bar I ate this morning. I'm hoping I'll be liberated by that movie I go to later. I'm hoping I'm going to be liberated by not seeing any of you the rest of the day. I'm hoping I'm going to be liberated by this and that and this and that. I'm hoping to get liberation all the time. Because there's this huge need to be liberated. Not from me, but from self. Yeah. And it's very easy to be, liber- be liberated from self is by realizing there is no self. That's the best way to get liberated. If it's a solid thing and you're it, good luck with getting liberated from it. Yeah? You can't transcend an imaginary prop place. Yeah? That's the dilemma. We've tried it. Some of us have tried it in this room. I mean, I always use this, but I match my devotion to drugs with any spiritual devotee in the history of spiritual scriptures. You know, the monkey god, Hanuman, all those people. I'm way up there, right, with them. I gave everything away. I do anything to get high. Yeah, I, there was no, there's no point I could get any lower, and yet I kept getting lower. I prostituted myself constantly. I loved it. I worshipped it, and yet there's no transcendence. You can't transcend some place you're not in. Yeah. So when you really think you're fucked, the best way is to admit that you're fucked, and there's the possibility of being unfucked. As soon as you try to unfuck yourself, you're more fucked. I just had a long conversation with someone who's in one of those vice, vice stories. There's no way he can get out. Yeah. He's pinned in by everything. And the processing of that, when he thinks he wants to get out, but that's actually because he believes he's in. Yeah. So the only point then is to surrender. To stop and just say, hey, there's no freaking way this I can possibly do this. And then in that acknowledgement, something gets done. Yeah. Your, your transmitter picks up another station, other than K-Paul. And then you get some other information. There's some more chairs, if you like. To and there's some up here. We'll move it to the corner. There's a large amount of people just entered to the meeting. Standing room only today. Over a hundred. Over a hundred at least. <laughs> They're peering through the windows. We, the VIP section wants to pull down the shades. You know. They've paid their ten dollars so they get to hear the talk. <laughs> I remember the first video, the guy that I did the first video with is here, he's out there with the kids. But we did the old story of the sheep and the lion, you know, and uh, it still rings true for me because if you're hearing a message about being a lion with sheep ears, which, and if you are, you don't know that because you would have, you have a sense that's never questioned that you're a sheep, yeah? 
So when you hear the glories of being a lion, and you and maybe it stirs a yearning for that kind of freedom it seems to imply, you know, walking through nothing screws with the lion, you know, and he doesn't have to worry about who's going to be the next sweater and all like this, he kick ass. So it, yeah, the sheep really would like to be a lion, yeah. So the message is, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. But as, as soon as it hits the sheep ears, is it gets translated into, I can become like a lion. Because it doesn't know the sheepness is in place already. Yeah? The sheep has already been established as a fact. So when it hears a contrary fact, hey, you're a lion, it negates it very easily. It just twists it to fit the sheepness. And it goes... All right, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. I can become like a lion. That's different, isn't it? It's a different idea. You're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. I can become like a lion. So here's the sheepness that you, you're not even aware. The sheepness is on alert because here comes a novel idea that it's a lion. So it's on, you know, it's like five-star alert. You're a lion. It's, I'm worried about this message. You're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. And then it, it reaches up with its self-myth and turns it into, I can become like a lion. Ah! Now the whole message, the radicalness of the message, it's totally neutered. Totally neutered, turns into every freaking other process. Yeah? Then that more is better. The more you do something, the closer you'll get. You know, da-da-da, it's all baloney. It's your lion. The lion is, is, when that's received, what it does, it freezes the sheeping. It freezes it. It produces a pause, a big aha, and some information can download that has been conveniently, selectively cherry-picked not to arrive. Yeah? And that is the immediacy of being what you are. It stuns the whole activity of being what you're not. Yeah? Because what you're not is a process. It's a process. It takes time, it takes energy, but it, it can't, it not, it isn't, it not is, so it has to become, it has to appear. Yeah? So the, the immediacy of the message, you're a lion, freezes that whole activity, and there's an aha or an unspoken yes. That's it. The mind has now woken up out of its own dream-making machine. Yeah? It's got a glimmer. Hey, I'm not that. Yeah? I'm not that which every time I ignorantly look at all the pointers, I make the leap from the pointer to the pointed at. There is nothing that's being pointed at. It's just pointing. That's all that selfing does. It points. It points. Every time it comes in contact with something, like the bottle, it becomes my bottle. The bottle points to the owner. Yeah? Every time it talks about a problem, the problem is held as my problem. The problem is like a mirror reflecting the sense of you all day. That's why people don't get out of problems much. It's like narcissism. They're staring at themselves. I'm so screwed. I'm so this is I'm I'm always having problems. Yeah? It's like a hypnotism. So everything is implying, all the thoughts are implying there's a thinker. All of them are being held as pointers that there's a thinker. Every feeling is held as it's, there's a feeler. Yeah? Every event is held as it's happening to me. Every action, I'm the doer, or you're the doer, and if it's not you or me, it's God. God's the doer. There's something that's doing it. Yeah? There's always a claiming and an ownership in the system of thought we're relying on. We become the f- f- false owner. Then we become the owner of the 
actions, and then the mind judges which are good and which are bad. And what ensues, guilt and shame or pride arises. Yeah. Everything is like a bonding, and it geometrically progresses until you're in this claustrophobic little closet of mind, and you want relief. And basically, you have to do almost anything there. Yeah. You have the, all the self-knowledge you could ever need not to get loaded again, and you'll get loaded again. You'll have no mental defense against that first drink. Yeah? You'll have no mental defense against the first thought. You'll have no mental defense against the first feeling. You'll have no mental defense against the first problem. You'll have no mental defense against the first opinion. Yeah? Because the mental condition is, you're the one who has the opinion already. Before you even feel like you're starting to deal with something, it's already been set up. Yeah? The dynamic, the relationship has already been set up. So when you start getting into action, the format of the action is already defined. There's no freaking escape in it. You're just going to go around in circles. There'll be a lot of doors with exit signs, but you're entering into another realm of the same mind. Yeah? On and on and on and on and on. It's like being a marathon runner locked in a closet. It has to run, but it's now got a closet like a two by one and a half foot oval. It's just running over the same thing over and over and over. It's going to get better. It will be great one day. I remember when it was great one day. On and on and on and on and on. It's like a form of slavery. It's not like it is a form of slavery. And then in self-centeredness, how do you? How well do you process a day doing in self-centeredness? How good are you a processor here? Give me a break. You're overwhelmed by when you wake up. The mind's just raring to go already, telling you how sucky you are. It's never going to get good. And you're, you're believing at least a little of it, because you're not just hearing it, you're listening to it. So you're sort of a, a paid subscriber to its little propaganda station. And, you know what I mean? You're, you're, let me have my coffee. I gotta deal. I gotta because we're confronted with processing a lot of information, and we're not a good processor. Yeah, and we're basically smoking the fumes of that processing. People want to get out of this inherent guilt, so they blame others. It doesn't fucking work. All of the strategies of the system to get out of itself don't work. Yeah. So how many times have you tried to get the new something? How many times? And how, do, how much did all the somethings you've gotten add up to? Nothing, basically. <laughs> Why not start with nothing? <laughs> start with nothing. Start from the place you wanted to get away from. Right here. You know, start here, maybe. Maybe this is where it is. Like it's St. Francis says, Fairy, you saves us so much time. What's looking is what you're looking for. What? So when, what happens when you're looking for something? Isn't the em emphasis on what you're looking for? He's switching it around and he says, what's looking is what you're looking for. In other words, what's, what seems to be framed into this uh, movement of looking is what you're looking for, which is the seeing. The awareness, the consciousness of onness is right there. All the while you're looking for what you think would emphasize or symbolize that awareness, that comp, that peace of mind. You want to have a peace of mind of your own understanding. 
Yeah. Usually a piece of ass, actually. Of your own understanding, thinking that's going to lead to a peace of mind. <laughs> I mean, how many times do you have to rely on a formula that's failed until you wake up? And it's a failed system. Like it says in recovery, it's a beautiful statement. It saves you so much time if you just hear these things. It says, hey, bro, hey, sister, why are you in so much fear today? And then you're ready to go off. Oh, my family of origin, what's happening? I, you know, I got hit by a car, whatever like that. I can't receive love, <laughs> whatever story. And he says, he just stops it with a period. He says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? So whatever it is, whatever anxiety you're in right now, whatever it is, no matter how special you think it is, no matter how unique you think it is, he says it all always boils down to one thing, reliance on something that's unreliable. Yeah? Now, if you look at reliance, let's say what would be an incredible high form of reliance on something? To be identified as it. <laughs> I mean, you can't be more relied on than, than that. Yeah? When you're resting as that, that's the highest form of reliance, I would imagine. So we are not only relying on a failed system, we're identified as the failed system. The center of the system is called self, and we're identified as a self. Therefore, we're suffering the slings and arrows of the system. Yeah? <laughs> we're trying to stop the system from acting out, but it only acts out to a you. That we're not questioning. We want to change how everything's going. We want to manage everyone else's show. We want to, if this wouldn't happen and that would happen, I'd be great. No, you wouldn't. It would be conditional and circumstantial. And the conditions and circumstances would change. And you want to see this. The most changing circumstance and condition is the mental one. The mental one. You can have 99 people... You know, sing your praises, and that one person says you're a fraud. The mind dwells on that usually. Yeah, it's agitated. It cannot find rest. It can't recognize rest. If it ever lands into peace, it makes it busy something else. It says, "I'm going to lose it." <laughs> now the peace that was supposed to create like an easing comfort is something even it's more to be anxious about. Jesus Christ, I can't lose the peace. What would that mean? I had the peace and I lost it. I must be a fucking asshole to lose peace. That's happened with me with the Lord of the Universe, the first guru I was with. He was presented at the Lord of the Universe. Okay, I had a lot of ideas about that. Fuck the Lord of the Universe. <laughs> Big, large statements. You know? And uh, there I was in relation to the Lord of the Universe, and I didn't like the Lord of the Universe. Now what does that make me? A whole lot. My mind had a field day for about five years with what that made me. How can you not like the Lord of the Universe? <laughs> Christ! <laughs> there is relief, I'm telling you, man. And it won't look like the way you think. You can try to lose interest in possessions. You can try to lose interest in desires. You can try to lose interest in what your quote-unquote bad behavior. It's nothing like losing interest in self. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing like losing interest in self. It's a totally different ball game. When you lose interest in self, 
all your interest and everything else gets redistributed and shifted. Yes? Because you're on to something. You found the first knot. Everything, there's a thread that runs through all the other knots of your life. This is from the first one. If the first one loosens up, you'll see everything else will start looking differently. Yeah, you'll know the tree by the fruit. You'll recognize it. Yeah. When you're trying to lose interest in possessions and this and that, it's, you're just gaining interest in you, aren't you? You just take a two-year course on how to lose interest in self. It's obsession with self. Really. If you look at it that way, every night you go, you go to groups that they recognize the dilemma of self, but they talk about self the most of anything, anyone else they've ever seen. Yeah? So the whole point is to forget the self, but we're constantly reminding of it the whole day. There's a point where, okay, forget the reminder. Let's get into the forgetting. You know what I mean? It's time to forget. I got it. I got what defeated me. Yeah? Let's forget it. <laughs> How can you forget it as if you can't? Yeah? But if I'm not that, that's forgetting it. Then you gain interest in others. Then you gain interest in other things. Then you see how what you can contribute to life instead of take from life. Then your whole attitude and outlook shifts. Yeah, And then by that shifting, you know the problem from the solution. You finally get relief from the real problem. Not the real problem, the imagined problem. And then you know the real solution. You know it from the, from the relief. Yeah, And then you know the problem from being relieved of it. You have no idea how it is, until it's not. Yeah. All the ideas you have about how it is is part of how it is, until it isn't. Then that's the real relief. Then you're walking around like a free person. Not next week when you have to retreat, but Saturday morning in Marin City. Yeah? Yeah. And it's applicable. You know, I know some people just got in touch with me, they were into this movement, whatever. Now they're out of this movement because it wasn't producing the goods for them. They got into some other stuff now and, and they're probably getting more goods than they did out of this. Yeah? Because you can't be seeking a solution from here. It's not something that you're going to get an advantage of with. You're not. It doesn't work that way. You can't make something, you can't make nothing into something. It's best just to leave it as nothing, yeah? And maybe very quietly, there'll be a, a huge change. It may, there won't be any parades for you. People aren't, oh, you're so bright and present now. That will happen if you meditate 12 hours a day. If you want to have people notice you're bright and pre seemingly present, they how do they fucking know if you're present? You cannot not be present, but let's say you don't... You, if you want to get that look, don't entertain this. Meditate for 12 hours a day. Do 8 hours of yoga. People, you'll have better skin... Yeah, your eyes may be brighter. You'll be more limber. Yeah, <laughs> this doesn't do. This isn't a path. It just illuminates whatever you're doing. Yeah, you may look worse. You may be dumber after this. Seems to be entertained. You won't be inspiring people anymore. They'll probably feel like you're an irritant. They don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah, because anytime they're entertained, they're not self. If they don't get anything out of it. Yeah. We're still in that commerce, that consumer mentality. And then, of course, if you don't charge money, no one will come. If you made this selective and $300, people would be breaking through the doors to get in. Yeah? But when it's offered freely, it doesn't seem to have any value. Did you see those people who went on a retreat? 
they were getting charged $60,000, and three of them like had heart attacks in this sweat they had. They had a huge sweat lodge, and these people weren't ready to go into like a sweat. And three of them had heart attacks, and they paid $60,000 for them. <laughs> they paid $60,000 for their own heart attacks. <laughs> Close my mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jesus, what could drive you to go to such lengths? <laughs> I remember I did one. I did a sweat. I always loved this story. I was, you know, I was just in A, got in AA for a few years, and of course I was looking into spirituality because that seemed to be the next right thing, you know? And so some lady said, there's this big sweat up in Mount Shasta, and Mount Shasta is like a myth, mystical place, and and it's a three-day event. Let's drive up there. So I said, sure, let's go up. I didn't know anyone but her. We get up there, and it's a huge event. People from all around the country are coming, and they got a Nate, you know, an Indian coming, a very special Indian. And they build these huge sweats, which is amazing, and they put all these things on it. And I go in. I've never been in a sweat. And some people are standing up because there's a lot of people. And there's these rafters, so I'm holding on like a subway. And then the flap goes down, and it starts really getting hot. I mean, extremely hot. And I can't sit down because someone's sitting where I am with a flap. So I couldn't get down. And I'm standing there, and my arms got burnt in here, my nostrils, my in ear. I was getting fried, and I was just banging for mercy. <laughs> they opened the flap, and I just ran out and jumped into the stream, which was the rush. And then, for some insane reason, I went back in. I went through the same process, but I sat down, and I'd be like this. Because I, could, I said, please, I was praying, like, never prayed. Please, Indian, don't put any another pail of water on the rock, please. And then you throw another pail, and you can feel like a wave hit you. This heat is like, oh, <laughs> Years later, after I heard this message, one of my friends was going to have a sweat up in, like, uh, Petaluma. And there was all these American guys, but they got this Oklahoman Indian, and they built an the type of sweat and he wanted me to go up there to support him so I said alright I'll go I'll go over there to support him and uh, so we get there and they're all ready there's nine of them and the Indian comes and then they, we, we go in and it starts getting hot and I go hey it's hot and I get right up and leave right <laughs> I walk outside I can hear them moaning and praying all the food was out there I had the, I had the, I had the sparkling water I said, I said what has happened Something had shifted in my head. I wasn't fucking willing to, you know, sit in that thing and die for some conceptual idea of purification. I realized, hey, it's hot. I got right up and left. <laughs> to me, that's wisdom. That's wisdom. Yeah. Seriously. It was like an immediate reaction. It was an immediate response. I'm getting out of here. And that's that. Common sense. Common sense, exactly. So, you know, this isn't like what we, what I thought it was. It wasn't going to be like this. You're not going to like. It's not like extreme turbocharged Buddhism. Yeah, it's not like we're going to really get radical here. It's that's not it. It's more of a relaxed awareness. It's just an understanding that maybe, just maybe, you're not that which you're taking yourself to be. Yeah. Maybe, just maybe, after the pointing, your own head does the leap into being the pointed at. Yeah? 
Maybe that's why selfing is constantly going on, because for this leap to occur, the pointing has to keep occurring, yeah? If the pointing isn't occurring, there would be no imaginary leap. So the pointing, the selfing is constantly going on, so that the mind, in ignorance, looking at that activity, thinking it's the one who's seeing it, yeah? Makes the leap to being the thinker, being the doer, being the feeler, being the body, being the ba 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 ba, yeah? Once that's in lo- it, once that's set up, then it just riffs on self-centeredness. It just riffs on it. Everything else gets interpreted from that point of view. Yeah? And then life's coming at you as if there's this huge life and you're just this little, little opening. And all of this stuff has to come into you and you can't process it. You can't. So you disassociate, you distract, you get loaded, you deny, you blame, you make excuses, rationalizations, justifications. These are all activities of a failed system. If you, if you ordered like a couch from a company and they delivered the couch on time and the couch was perfect, nothing was wrong with it, and if their record was they always delivered it on time, none of it was ever damaged, would that company need excuses for why they were late? Would they need rationalizations why the couch is broken? Would they need to blame anyone? Oh, that person stopped me from getting their time. They're always on time, it's always available, and they always deliver the goods. That's a workable system. A failed system, if you don't know it's a failed system, check out its pollution, check out its exhaust, rationalizations, justifications, excuses, and blames. You're pretty much on it, yeah? So just check it out, see it. And if you see the fa- that maybe you get this glimmer of an idea that it's a failed system, then instead of dealing in the periphery of the system, go to the center. It's called self-centeredness. So everything is centered on the idea, on the premise of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. The doer, the chooser, the haver, yeah? Start questioning that. Question those assumptions. Because those assumptions are are allowing impossibilities to be entertained as sureties. Seriously. This is freaking amazing. When I was a kid, I I was playing. When I was playing, I was really there because my head hadn't entertained I could be somewhere else yet. Yeah, Really. It hadn't developed that in, that incredible impossibility as a probability. So wherever I was, I was there because I didn't couldn't think I could be anywhere else. Yeah. So now, people are trying to get into the moment a lot. There's books, we always talk about it, you know, the first edition is how to get into the moment, then the second edition is how to really get into the moment, then the third edition is how to really, really get into the moment. Yeah? And it's like, you can keep practicing and get more and more into the moment. You can't be out of a moment. Without you, without this, there is no moment. There isn't like you in a moment, and then you being out of a moment. You and the moment are the same fucking thing. So you don't need to get into the moment, because it's impossible to be out of the moment. And the same thing with selfing. Everyone believes selfing is a verb, but they believe they're in self, which is a noun. Yeah. What we're saying here is try the the whole idea of getting out of self is is based on the assumption that you're in self. Let's question that assumption. If you're not in self, then there'll be no need to get out of self. Yeah, that's being out of self. 
If it's true that mind, everything is done according to what you believe, thought is what, you know, all this stuff, the power of mind, if it is that powerful, then let's work with it. Yeah. Let's give it a different idea, which I believe this is what we do with these talks. Let's drop in a different message into the system. Yeah? And do and repeat it so after a while, one of them, your lion may get right through instead of being caught in the mid of Amashik. Maybe one of the balls that we throw twice a week for years will get through and there'll be an aha, hey, I'm a lion. Or, hey, I'm not a sheep. And then as soon as the lion, who thought it was a sheep, sees its reflection, what does it do? It roars immediately. It doesn't have to take three months of roaring lessons. Yeah. All the stuff that was trying to work and practice is seen to be ludicrous based on the state you already are. Maybe you'll do things to seek expression of where you're at, but you're not going to try to find out where you're at by doing things. Yeah. What is he saying? Son? <laughs> I used to love this Kenny Loggins song. This is it. Make no mistake who you are. This is it. Make no mistake who you are. (laughs) But here. (laughs) This is, was and will, when you do make a mistake who you are. (laughs) Was and will. (laughs) Will drive you crazy today. Was and will. Goes on and on. Was it will? But <laughs> isn't that the way the head works? Yeah. Like in the course, and in a lot of a lot of other places, talk about it. You see only the past. When you're looking from self-centeredness, you're seeing only only the past. You see only the past, and first of all, the past never happened, so you're seeing nothing. Really. And the mind's making something up. It's an interpretation. Yeah? I don't think it's interpretation, it's premises to lead you into happiness, joyousness, and freedom. If it was, it's really late. <laughs> it's really late at getting there. <laughs> I don't think that's its intention. I think its intention is to occupy you. Yeah? Let's say in a parasite wanted to take over a host and the parasite has a very very hostile nature and most hosts if they saw or they felt the parasite on them would immediately knock the parasite off so it would have no chance to grab on but let's say this is sort of like a mental parasite and it grabs onto us by taking it hijacks into the system that produces the idea of being a self and it makes another one. It makes you. Yeah? And then it starts living as you, and therefore you never can question what's going on, because you can't... Until you entertain I'm not that, you can't be free of it. If you're entertaining I want to be free as that, yeah, that's a form of slavery. Maybe the best you can do is therapize it and try to socialize it so you don't act out on the next picnic you go to or, you know, maybe get a three-month-long relationship in your life. That would be successful. <laughs> all these, these very low levels of success would have to be the, the high bar for you. Yeah? 
And, you know, but maybe, and then make excuses and like this for it, but maybe if you're not that, you could be free of it. Yeah? Radically free of it. So radically free that you were never bound. Yeah? That you were never bound. That it never happened. You've always been, you've always, always had an, uh, a built-in immunity to all of that mental activity, like the sky. Yeah? The sky never gets dominated by the clouds that appear in it. The clouds come and go. The sky is always there. But if our attention and interest is sucked up into this one idea of being that cloud, it's, it has the ability to block us off from the sky. Yeah? And without the information and sky in this life, you're going to travel really, really heavy. Things that aren't important will seem hugely important. Yes? You'll make mountains out of molehills quite a lot. All this stuff. Your, your perceptions will be so obscured, you'll be taking things as threats where there's no threat at all. All that stuff, all these things can appear to be real based on what the condition of your mind is in. Yeah? Everything comes from mind, stems from mind. And all the solutions from what stems from mind is in mind. Not the conditional mind. The conditional mind has caused us to have fear in mind. Yeah? By us relying on that, with this one aspect of mind called the conditional mind, we've grown to have a lot of fear about it. Yet the true sense of freedom is faith in mind. Not the mind that's called the processional mind, the conditional mind, but mind itself. That's where faith lies. Yeah. Look at it. Just look at the sky during the day. Tons of shit happen in it, yet whatever happens in it doesn't affect the sky. It stays neutral to it, doesn't it? When it rains, the sky never gets wet. When the birds shit, it never sticks on the sky. Or it lands on your car or something. <laughs> That's sort of like a sort of like a, a crude example of what the mind is like, you know. Untouchable, clear. It's like a bowl. Does the bowl ever take on the qualities of the soup that's poured in it? You can have black bean soup, you got split pea soup, chicken noodle soup, the bowl. The only way it can hold all the different soups is to have an immunity to the effects of the soups, right? That's what mind is like. Why all this can happen is because the immunity of the context, because nothing is actually happening. That's why it can get as crazy as it gets here, because it's actually not getting crazy. Yeah? Seriously. That's why terrible things can come to pass to the media. There's no God that's doing that. It's just a possibility of mind, but mind's not being infected by anything that's been entertained here. It's just holds whatever's available. Whatever's arising gets held in that bowl. Yeah? It just brings a little bit of relief from that. You know, the mental condition has taken so much of our interest and attention. If you really looked at people, let's say just ourselves, like this dog, it's like those dogs when they have manes, they put on those collars, you know, those big, like, plastic things. We're like that. We're walking around just picking up eight ball with this little satellite dish. You know? It's just unbelievable. And we're wondering why someone who's picking up KC doesn't understand us. Because they can only understand everything from KC. I can only understand it from K Paul. There's K Dev is the only way they can understand. You know? There's really no communication going on here. <laughs> the best communication I found is in recovery because then there's this one 
one giant, it's like clear channel, alcoholism. It's captured a lot of the radio stations. A lot of the captured radio stations sometimes show up at the same meeting and they share what it's like to be that radio station and everyone goes, hey, that sounds like my radio station. And then suddenly the light goes on, hey, we've been captured by Clear Channel. (laughs) We're all having the same station going on thinking it's personal. (laughs) There's a big amount of relief happens, doesn't it? Exactly. Well, the big primal station here is self-centeredness. We're just an extreme subdivision of it called alcoholism. But everyone, is, in a sense, is, is, is transmitting and receiving self-centeredness. Yeah? So we come to these meetings and there's relief avail- available because it loves to have you terminally unique. It loves to have you believing these are your thoughts, your feelings, your reactions to life. And no one, I mean no one ever did what you did. No one's ever thought what you thought. It's total fucking baloney, you know. So there is a there is a solution. You can look at it a lot of ways, but the real for me the real solution is that the problem's imaginary. No matter how much you tough and puffs, it can't make it so. Yeah. No matter how much you think about something, it still doesn't make it so. It can only appear to be so to you. Yeah, so. uh, that was good enough, eh? How did I end up in the corner? I, <laughs> I had some fear about it. <laughs> 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 I started over there. Faith in mind develops. 
Yeah, because it's it's verifying itself. It's verifying the reliance in itself by producing the goods. It doesn't need advertising because it actually delivers the goods. Yeah. And then you just keep driving. That's that's what happens here until you die. You're traveling seemingly, and it just allows you to travel lighter over whatever terrain your life is going to have in store for you. That's it. But to me, that's a whole lot. Yeah. Because, and there's nowhere you need to go to get it. You're that. You're right where you are. It's available at all times with no requirement necessary. It's just entertaining the possibility. Start entertaining it. Then if there's certain things that seem to be obstructing it, you'll probably be led to do something that will move those obstructions. And then you won't be caught into the idea that you move the obstruction, because if you move the obstruction, you'll move another obstruction in front of you. And so on and so forth. Yeah? There you go. That's the message. Simple. Take a couple of drops. You know, it's like a spiritual subpoena you can serve. Show up in court and see what happens. I bet you you'll be forgiven. I bet all your convictions in the court of light will be forgiven. Seriously. You'll be let off the fucking hook. Really. Because that's what you're squirming on. It isn't other people's hooks and your circumstances hooks. It's your own mind's hook. Your own mind believes it's right about you somewhere. Deep down, it has a real strong belief that it holds like a pearl in an oyster. Yeah? It works on it. And it is that there is something inherently wrong with you. And that you had something to do with it. It wasn't just like a happenstance condition, it was volition. You, you, there's something there. That's like the lead ball everyone has in their gut. It's like where the mind coagulates around. It's this one truth beyond all questioning that you're a loser or not enough or something like that, yeah? You'll see that to be bogus also. <laughs> Literally, bogus. But you can't be, a, you'll be convicted or put on probation in the court of mind. You really will. And you'll constantly be called back for your analysis and everything like that. You'll be constantly, you know, you really will. It has to be brought to the court of light. That's where freedom is. Yeah. And you and I can't do that. We have to be placed in a position of neutrality. Something has to change in mind for the mind to be able to open up to that yeah, in a way. Yeah. For me, it was hearing this message. That's what worked for me. It's been the last answer for the whole thing. I don't know how many years. Yeah. It's really nice when you get to the last answer. Because that one's that, that that means it worked. <laughs> anyway, you finally found one that worked. <laughs> or is working. Yeah. So alright. No more no questions. Great. Thanks.